Dr. Moshe Lewis and love to welcome you to another episode of Music and Medicine. We are excited today to have Jared Goldsmith with us from Dear Evan Hansen. We are so excited to be able to talk to him about his career and really some of the in-depth issues that are covered um, by this amazing Broadway play. I'm also ecstatic to be joined by Camry or Cameron Brady, uh, as she more formally is known. And uh, welcome, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're so excited to have everyone here. Um, so Jarrett, let's just get right into it. So can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing and how did you get into music? Totally. Uh, well, I uh, was born and raised in New Jersey. I uh, always was interested in music. My uh, older sister was always singing. Uh, and I saw her uh, in musicals when I was younger, and that was kind of really inspiring for me. Uh, and that really sparked my interest in music and musical theater specifically. Uh, I started performing in musicals from a young age, whether it was at the, the community theaters locally or middle school, high school, uh, et cetera. Uh, it kind of sparked my interest in acting and performing. I got involved with a talent manager and agent really young doing commercials and voiceovers and small uh, things like that uh, as, a, as a young kid in single digits. Um, and it kind of just continued onward throughout high school. I would always take chorus and band and I would go to a performing arts theater camp in the summers. Uh, so it really was always kind of living in me for sure. Right, definitely. It sounds like you're definitely totally immersed in it. It's still a big step to sort of leap into auditioning uh, for Broadway. We'll get into the actual feel of that in a moment, but, but sort of what, what is that like? What kind of preparation does an artist go through to prep for an audition of essentially a lifetime? Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, you know, actors kind of just have a, you know, series and series of auditions and auditions, and it's uh, more likely you're, you're not working than you are working. Uh, so it's, it's easy to take every audition personally. Um, and the, the real goal is to just let each and every one of them go and uh, not, not worry about them too, too much. Uh, they happen all the time. You'll get hundreds of auditions throughout your career as an actor. Uh, so I think the big, the big thing is to really have fun uh, throughout all of it and, you know, consider it a, an opportunity to play and to live and like, that's it. And you've done your job as an actor by doing the audition. Uh, you know, if you get a callback, that's amazing. And if you book the job, that's like a bonus and you actually get to play. Uh, but other than that, there are so many factors that are out of the individual's hands and even out of casting's hands uh, that, 
you know, are just never your fault. Uh, you know, they were looking for someone taller, they were looking for someone shorter, whatever it is. Uh, it's usually uh, out of your control. Wow, yeah. And I, and I can totally understand how like you would take that personally in totally. the audition setting. But um, so I know, so you went to Elon University where is where I go right now. Um, and so I know that you guys are very prepared. And I always, when I see the shows at the school, I'm always like, these are going to be people who are literally going to be on Broadway and you just know it. But you don't, it's always uncertain after you graduate. So can you talk a little bit about that uncertainty and how you were able to land the part that you have now in Dear Evan Hansen? And you're so young, so that's amazing for you, so. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I was super fortunate and super lucky. It doesn't happen to everyone the way it did with me, obviously, though it does occasionally with, with folks at Elon as well, which is incredible. Uh, you know, a few of my colleagues there also, uh, went on to do major Broadway musicals just shortly after graduating. Uh, for me, it was an audition process that began around the middle beginning of my senior year at Elon. Uh, specifically, I went to an open audition for Evan Hansen and, and received a few callbacks. And by the time we were in the spring semester showcasing, I had already found, uh, found out that I had booked the show. Uh, in some capacity, which was really, really wild. Um, and I was really, really fortunate to have that uh, time, just that timing work out perfectly. Uh, and I felt really good about that. I think, you know, the uncertainty, I, I definitely saw my classmates experiencing that. And I think the craziest uncertainty really lies now uh, in this whole uh, COVID pandemic situation where no one really knows what is going on or even the future of the industry at large i think people are very confident that it will be back to its fullest capacity at some point we're just not a hundred percent sure when that point will be uh and what it what it really means i know we're really kind of banking on a vaccine so that larger crowds can gather and it is safe to do that but yeah preparedness like you were saying really is key uh and elon did such an amazing job preparing us to the best of our abilities, um, you know, really focusing on our strengths and weaknesses. I entered Elon really not much of a singer and definitely not much of a dancer or mover at all. Um, I kind of knew how to yell on pitch. Uh, that was kind of my singing. Um, and I really was able to get the technical training there that I needed. I had an incredible vo voice teacher. Uh, I had amazing dance teachers that were so patient um, and it was, you know, I was the first time I really was in formal dance class and formal acting class as well. Uh, so I was, it, Elon was a time where I was transitioning from, it was my hobby and I would do it on the side or after school or during the summers at camp to really a more professional uh, full-time career. And that was really amazing. Uh, the concentration of the training. Uh, and like you say, you see it in the shows that they do and in the classes even. Um, everyone's super prepared and they bring their A-game. And it's really, it's inspiring to work with your peers and classmates and teachers and just see that. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of rambling. But no, 
Um, you've done so many um, productions from, um, when you were at Repertory and also uh, at Elan. What is just maybe one or two of the roles that you really enjoyed or that you just sort of so fell in love with the, the music that um, sure. you were able to do it? Uh, one that I really, really loved at Elon that was really short and it felt like a whirlwind was our senior capstone uh thesis. So every year, the senior musical theater class actually is supposed to uh, produce their own musical. And they cast it, and they direct it, and they music direct and choreograph, and we do all of it ourselves. Uh, and that's like the big fall project uh, as part of our senior seminar. And we did the Drowsy Chaperone and I played George and it was really a fun role where I got to tap dance and sing and kind of, I felt like showcase a lot of the skills that I really uh, perfected while I was at school. And we only had maybe three or four performances and it was just in the middle of the time I was first beginning that audition process for Dear Evan Hansen as well. So it was a really, it was a crazy time. We had so many things going on. It was the end of the fall semester. It was like between the fall musical and I was just recounting with one of my friends the other day how we had so much happening between all of our classes. It was just all crashing down at once. But doing that show and like putting it up ourselves and then all of our professors came and saw it and they were like where did you have the time for this this was amazing this was like as good as the Broadway production uh, and, and uh, that just was a really good feeling and it felt like a, a nice kind of culmination of our uh, of our hard work yeah uh, so that was definitely one um, that kind of resonates with me even more than the larger fall musicals um, I mean the first fall musical my freshman year we did Titanic which was, uh, which was really interesting. And I was one of the freshman pit singers. And that was just kind of a cool experience because it was like my first college show uh, and kind of watching everyone that was older than me in action was really cool to see how they operate and kind of see what we would aspire to be over the next few years as we continued our journeys at Elon. Uh, so that was one that stuck out with me as well. Yeah, it's amazing. And it seems like you have a ton of experience under your belt just from Elon and before. So I think that's amazing. So switching gears to Dear Evan Hansen. So I actually was able to see the show. And Yay. I it was the, I've seen a lot of shows and it was the first show that I cried and I loved and it was full of, you left just feeling so inspired. And I think that is something that is hard to give an audience when you are in a like show setting you know you go to Broadway shows to have fun and to just see a great show I left feeling so inspired can you talk about how the show has been like for you personally being an actor and I know that um I have heard you know there was Ben Platt and they just go through different Dear Evan Hansen's because the role is um, mentally draining a little bit or just they were yeah. developing the tick over the time so can you kind of talk about the whole show and how it is for you mentally yeah you know it's uh 
it's definitely a, a really emotional show. It has its, its moments of humor where, you know, it sets the audience up uh, with some, some humor and they feel comfortable. And then it really kind of, because they feel comfortable, they, they feel comfortable taking the rest of that journey and going to that emotional place. And so many people do leave in tears and they do feel so personally, uh, but it is draining uh, emotionally for everyone on stage. There's only eight people in the show and it feels so much larger, uh, but there's only eight of us carrying it. And obviously it's, it's Evan's show and we have to kind of carry him through it. Um, and, you know, we all rely on each other. Uh, but it's it's not easy. It's definitely not easy for him. You know, there's this uh, this saying that actors talk about. You know, your your mind, like you're not psychotic. You know, you're on a stage in the middle of a scene, even when you're in it, so to speak. You you know that you're not. It's not real life. But your body doesn't always resonate with that when you go through something that's really traumatic if your body's really really feeling it and living it uh you know it could take you a, a second uh after the show ends it's usually the come down when the show ends uh, i always felt super wired after every show when it was late at night same with the evans and the the moms they would always a lot of times have trouble getting to sleep for a few hours afterward uh and yeah, it is emotionally draining. The, the Evans, for that reason, only do six shows a week as opposed to the traditional eight. The idea is they don't have to do it twice in one day, just with all the singing and all the screaming and, and never leaving the stage at all. It's a very demanding role. Um, it's not that way for the other characters because it's, they're not quite as demanding. They, they have their, their intense moments and their intense singing moments, uh, but they're, they, they at least have breaks while they're, uh, in the middle of the show. Um, and yeah, the show does a really good job at trying to make sure we feel mentally uh, healthy and emotionally healthy. Um, the show partners with uh, a couple different organizations, uh, non-for-profits like the uh, Born This Way Foundation, I think the Trevor Project, and uh, the Jed Foundation, I can pull up the official list, but I'm, I'm pretty sure those are, are a few of them, just to name okay. a few. Uh, and it's true, we, we find that, you know, some people say like, oh my gosh, you know, if you're having a bad day, maybe it's easy to do the show because like you can tap into that place. And the truth is, it's actually a lot easier when you're having a really good day and you're in a good mental and emotional place to kind of then play and just uh, put on the the show, so to speak. Uh, it feels better when you feel better um, because sometimes if you tap into something that's too close to the flame, that can be uh, unhealthy emotionally as well. Um, but yeah, the show, they really, the production company, they really tried to, you know, they work with a lot of young kids, obviously, who play these, these teenage roles. Uh, they're now uh, partnering more with um, psychologists for the show uh, if in case we need to talk to anyone about our state and uh, how we're doing, how we're doing doing the show. Uh, so that's been really, really helpful. They're really, they, they care about us and uh, our well-being um, so that we're able to do the show. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I 
I can attest to even before I even saw the show the songs were very popular and I just would remember in high school I would just be in my car and if I wasn't having the best day I would put Dear Van Hansen on waving through a window specifically and I it would just it would make me feel better it really would so yeah it's really inspiring when you see how connected the audience feels as well uh, There's such an incredibly loyal fan base for the show. Um, at the stage door in every city on the tour and on Broadway as well, people just coming out, you know, telling their stories or, um, or giving gifts. I mean, so much to the point where we really, we would have luncheon like seminars to discuss how to deal with fans that reach out to you, whether it's via social media or in person, um, you know, if they're reaching out feeling lonely and feeling like they, you know, they don't feel well, you know, we can direct them at least to uh, the right resource. You know, ultimately we're only actors and our job is to just tell the story. We're not doctors, we can't do certain things. Uh, So there are kind of instructions we're given almost on how to handle uh, serious situations, but mostly it's really just people who um, feel personal connections and uh, and just they really feel inspired after seeing the show, like you said. Yeah, and I just think that's amazing that you have the ability to help people because some of those people may not even have an outlet and you guys have given them one. And um, I just think that's really amazing. Yeah, it really makes you think like, oh my gosh, holy, holy shoot. Like, I, I can't believe, um, you know, I, I only consider myself an actor or a singer and like this is, it, it almost feels like something even more. So it is true when, you know, sometimes actors say like, well, we do, you know, our job and our, our we do a service sometimes, uh, you know, and sometimes it's it's even just silly or it's making people laugh. You know, the role I play is it's it's really the comic relief of the show, and it's got a lot of the funnier lines. Uh, but it it does help people. I know, you know, it's it's been cool working with the older folks in the show. They're not really old; they just play parents. Um, but they've been, you know, they're industry pros, and they've been doing this for years and years. And you know, they were even performing, you know, in the the months after nine eleven and. And, you know, they would say similar things about that, how it's like, you know, people felt, Broadway actors felt weird going back to work in that time. And yet people felt really good uh, seeing shows and performing and they felt like they were doing a service to the world, which is really cool. Uh, and it's it's a weird time now that that can't happen. You know, people had the theater as an escape and now the theater's like one of the worst places you really can, can be for this virus. Uh, so, you know, people are making other things work, whether it's virtual or, or, you know, whatever it, it could even just the streaming of, of a movie that is, is still able to be released or still able to shoot right now, obviously, uh, those, those are great as well. Uh, but I think because of that, people will be craving live theater in its fullest form when it is safe to return. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, it's just been so incredible that the producers and everybody behind the show has thought about this, sort of the outreach, not only to the staff and to the crew, but also to audience members in this you know, type of um, disease. So what I wanted to do was just talk about that a little bit more, sort of the basics of sort of what the show is about and sort of how you feel that it really helps address 
um, anxiety because it's something that certainly as a clinician, we see all the time. Uh, the phone literally rings off the hook day and night. I actually have to turn it off um, because it's our number one cause even before we were dealing with COVID. Um, so I'm just uh, wanting you to sort of present that, that backstory a little bit, just in case someone's not as familiar. Um, yeah, I'll try not to give too much away. Um, but essentially, Dear Evan Hansen is uh, a story for, you know, anyone who's ever felt like an outsider or alone. Uh, it tells the story of uh, a, a high school senior who um, gets caught up in a lie that he really can't get himself out of. Uh, and he has severe anxiety, um, and that's kind of that's kind of the the general uh, uh, starting point, really. Uh, and he writes a letter, and it kind of all spirals out of control. And he and like I said, there's this lie that he can't really get out of, and he didn't really mean to be a, a liar by any means, but he he's caught, uh, and he. He doesn't know what to do and his hands are kind of tied. Uh, and yeah, that's that's all I'll, I'll really go into for now, I guess. Uh, but it's, I forget what I was, where I was going with this. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that's great. No, I, I love it. And then also I wanted to make sure that we covered sort of your transition. It seems like it couldn't have been more perfect, although maybe it didn't feel that way at the time to have the chance to really travel around the country and sort of do the tour before kind of coming onto Broadway. How did that feel, the, sort of the good, the bad? Um, because we always like to say that music is a universal language and it can also help uh, heal the soul. Do you feel like in some ways that was a really good entree or segue uh, for you onto Broadway? Yeah, I think it it was really, it was kind of perfect. I mean, I got to go to all these cities. Little did I know I wouldn't be able to really travel the following year too much, but it was awesome bringing this show and story to all these cities for the first time. Uh, it, they, no, no one in these cities had really seen it unless they had ventured to Broadway or, uh, or somewhere before then, but yeah, it was the first time it was going to LA and San Francisco and all these major cities. So that was really, really special. And other than the cast album, people probably hadn't experienced the show before. So that was great. Yeah, music, I think for me doing the show, it it really was my like therapeutic thing of the day. I loved doing the show every night uh, and I loved doing it on tour as well. Um, touring was was tiring in a different way because you're traveling sometimes on your off days uh, but it was really special to kind of have that personal connection you know bringing a show that's really personal to people right to their hometown and the show really tried to make it personal that way whether it was saying you know your picture can be featured in our our, uh, our mural in this city or whatever it was uh, and yeah and the transition to Broadway was that much easier because I had done the, you know, 400 shows already the, pri the prior year. Um, by the time I, I had gone on to, to make my Broadway debut, it was in a show that I knew well and a role that I knew well. So that was a really surreal, comforting experience as well. Uh, and it happened so fast. It was, uh, you know, it's a lot of rehearsal and a lot of it comes down to, you know, hitting this spot and this sight line and little baby technical things. Uh, but yeah, it was a really, it, it's, it, it's been a really wild ride. 
Yeah. And that's just so amazing for you. I'm so happy that you were able to get into this place that you are. Um, so just transitioning, I want to hear a little bit about how it was transitioning from being on the show every night. And now with COVID, obviously, you can't be on the show, um, but also I know that you have gotten really into TikTok and put your voice out there. And then also I remember the cast of Dear Evan Hansen put out the whole song. Uh, was it Waving Through a Window or You Will Be Found? You will be found, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, it, and that's the best song. And I think the song came out at the perfect time and people really needed to hear it. So can you talk about what you did during COVID, what you're doing now and how it either helped you or kind of not hurt you, but what just what was your experience and what have you done? Totally. You know, it's a tough time for everyone, no matter who you are, what age, where you are in the world right now. I think everyone's just experiencing hardship. You know, even the people that are are gaining their successes right now, I think they feel weird about it as well. And they, they wish they could probably celebrate them in different ways. So I, I, I do feel for everyone in the world right now. Uh, for me, it's been not terrible. Honestly, I know it could be a lot worse. You know, it, it's weird having this like dream. And, you know, we were talking about all the hard work I was doing at Elon and you're working for four years and then you work two years out of school in exactly what you were training for. And then everything you were training for is like ripped away because it just, it can't happen right now. Uh, and, you know, because that's no one's fault, really, there's kind of a comforting, like, sigh of almost relief of like, okay, well, it's, it's not anyone's fault, and everyone's in this together. And you're right, you know, we released that song, You Will Be Found, it was on the James Corden virtual late show, or when it had started uh, in March. And it was kind of perfect timing in that you know, everyone was in this together and this message of you're not alone is really something that people need to hear and they resonate with that message. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think one of the things I miss the most is doing the show night after night. And I, you know, I can't do that now and that's just the way it is and that's okay. And the show will return one day. Uh, and yeah, so in the meantime, I've been really getting more into some of my writing uh, I've been writing a musical with my best friend for the last four or five years, and we, in January, went to Texas State University and had a week-long workshop of the show there, which was super exciting, and January feels like a lifetime ago now, uh, and, you know, one door closes and another door opens, um, if not for COVID, we, we got this great opportunity to continue developing the show online virtually, uh, with Texas State University. So we've been doing that for the last month and a half. Uh, really since August, we've been working with them. Uh, so that's been a really great opportunity as well. We're getting that show in a really great place. So I, I'm always pro making your own opportunity when it can't be presented to you or it's not being presented to you. This is totally that time. Um, yeah, I've been dabbling with TikTok and some online things just because I, I have the time and I'm, I'm figuring I might as well get my online uh, presence kind of there. You know, we had professors at Elon that always were saying, you're not just an actor, but you're an actor manager and you have to kind of manage your own career. Even if you get your own manager, you still can be your, you still can be your personal manager of 
what things you do and what things you want to do. And it's a big, uh, it's a big thing these days. You know, people talk about brand for themselves. Uh, and I feel like that wasn't maybe a thing decades ago, but now it's, it's a big thing with, uh, your online presence and who you are as a person. And in many ways, like Evan Hansen, we learn in the show, you know, social media and online presence, it can be great. And in other ways, it can be toxic and it can be, uh, you know, more isolating and it can make you feel even more lonely. So I do think it's a, it's a big balance. Uh, it's a big balancing act. Life is a balance and it's finding what makes you happy and what makes sense. But there, you know, there are great things about using your voice on a platform and reaching an audience if people feel connected or just if it's doing something silly and making them laugh, that can be something really special and important too. And we need that when there's, we're in uncertain times and people don't know what to expect uh, the next day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, the show also attests to that having someone there and I think you really embodied that and put that out on your social media and used it for the better and it seems like you're doing great now and you're you're finding a different path even though the one that you thought you would be on isn't there right now totally totally absolutely one of my um last key points I wanted to see in terms of takeaways is sort of that young aspiring um, actor, singer, musician um, that may be at Alana or a similar school, um, what are just some of the pearls that you feel you'd love to pass on with what you've learned and experienced not only through the show, but just in your career? Yeah, you know, I think one of the big things is never to give up really and never, you know, doubt yourself. Everyone goes through the self-doubt feeling or the imposter syndrome like it's so real like every every big celebrity or you know Einstein and Tom Hanks like they all have gone through the imposter syndrome so I think it's comforting to actually know that everyone goes through that and again you're not alone in thinking that uh it's a very universal message uh and also you know to never forget the play and to have fun. And you say the young aspiring artist. And I think sometimes we get bogged down in the work of it or the business of it. Um, you know, I want to book the audition and we forget to really play and have fun when we're doing the audition. Uh, and I think that's so crucial because if you're not having fun, what's the point? especially in something like this, where it's like, we're doing a musical or we're, you know, we're doing a movie or whatever it is. Like, I, I just feel like you can't lose the, the giddiness of your inner play child. Uh, it's something we talk a lot about in acting class and, uh, you know, to get, to find that inner child, the play side. Uh, and it's so interesting as someone who was like acting as a kid, you know, you feel, I almost feel like there is that, that kid that's a little more fearless because when you're a kid, you're, you don't, you're not as insecure. You don't have those blocks as much. Uh, and we, we shouldn't ever lose that in whatever it is that we do. Uh, we should always be curious and, and explore and just playing and have fun. I think. Yeah. It's great advice. So I need to take it. <laughs> I love yeah, it. it's easier said than done. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and I find myself struggling with it every day. Um, 
I've, I've gotten back into acting class virtually, uh, which is, again, a nice, uh, a nice outlet. And I found that it's, it works just as well on the computer. I wish it could be in person, but I, I, was, I was figuring this out the other day. I, was, I, I kind of just finally had fun. And the teacher was saying, oh, you're, you're really like, I feel like you're really playing and you're getting back into that giddy state. And I really felt it too. And it, it, it was a good feeling. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's easier said than done. Um, and I, I try and work at it every day, but uh, it, it's good to just have fun. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's been a pleasure. I just sort of want to um, sum up, which is what I usually do near the end um, and say, you know, thank you so much for being willing to um, talk to us and come on the show. Um, Jared Goldsmith has had a phenomenal career at a very early start um, from the time that he was a child. He's already doing a commercials and then on to voiceover work um, and then got to tour uh, nationwide with um, Dear Evan Hansen before bringing it to Broadway. And despite the changes that COVID has brought, this show especially resonates uh, to someone like me who's a clinician because it's willing to attack a very common entity that I think all of us deal with, which is social anxiety. There aren't easy solutions or uh, answers to something like this. And certainly we like to believe that the answer really isn't in a prescription bottle at the end, but in some of the key things that you brought to our interview today, believing in yourself, being willing to take a chance, really enjoying the play and bringing out that inner child with whatever we may be going through. Some people would even say that life is an audition. So again, I thank you so much for being willing to join us. We will certainly put up uh, some of the resources that you noted and uh, also some of the others that are available um, throughout the country for free um, to help people uh, address social anxiety and to really help them feel like they are truly not alone. Thanks so much. Please do. And thank yeah. you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. Yes. It's a pleasure yeah. having you.